Welcome to episode two of our multi-episode series that we put together from all these interviews that we did down at Edmonton Unlimited's open house just a week or so ago. And so what I wanted to do is split it into two digestible episodes. The first one, if you haven't watched it yet, head over to you know our archive. So a week ago, we published that one. And it contained a bunch of really exciting interviews with entrepreneurs. And this one does the same. And so to start off, we are talking in this one to Lila. She is with Afrofax. And then we talked to Ali over at Lawtique, Sar from Sea Tribe, and Sophia from Key Angels. Now, you, you have to, you really, truly have to listen to this one because she is just unbelievable. She completely blew my mind. And I'm not going to say any more than that because you have to listen to it or watch it in order to believe it because it's incredible in terms of an entrepreneur's story. And then we talked to Kevin to kind of wrap things up. He's with Zipstall. We've had him on the show before and he's just doing some really cool things, but still bumping into a lot of barriers uh, to his growth. And so we talk about that and the frustration that comes from that. Anyway, great, great interviews check out the episode. I think you're going to really like it. And again, check out episode number one in this series if you didn't get a chance to do that yet as well. I am joined now with Lila, who is a founder of a business that has been operational for about 10 years, but really, really in the last three years. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. We were a little unofficial doing it with my friend group. And then over the last three years, we got all the business structure behind it. Okay, excellent. So tell us what's the name of the business and what is it that you guys do over there? So my business is called Afrofax. And really what we do is we create educational tools, play this games, workshops and webinars to help people increase their awareness with respect to black history, as well as give them the tools needed to have more productive and healing conversations with respect to diversity, equity and inclusion. Love it. Okay, so is this Canadian black history only or how far do you go? Fantastic question. So when I originally started, I was covering American black history because that is what we were getting so much of, even when it came to commercials during Black History Month. Over the last few years, I've put in a focus on Canadian black history because we were being taught that in schools, and there's so much rich history that has occurred in our own backyard that we're not aware of. Okay, so what is the business model then for this? So really right now, I do the facilitation of the game. So people are able to hire me to facilitate the various rounds of the game, depending on how many they want. They can hire me to facilitate our various workshops and webinars as well. And that's our current business structure. But what we're working towards is being able to allow people to access the game on their own through our website so they can do facilitation on their own, whether it be in the classroom or at home with their friends. That's really interesting. And so the idea to gamify it, how did that come about? So it started out when I came to the realization after university that I had not learned a lick of black history. And I had gone all the way through university. And then my friend group, who I've grown up with since I was 12 years old, we still hang out together, we're still quite tight. None of them look like me as well. So I thought, you know what, let me just start teaching them about black history. So I started out with a piece of paper with 20 questions and an oversized laptop. I sat down three friends across from me and asked them the questions point blank. And I thought I was asking basic, trivial knowledge based on like prints, 
Oprah, Whitney Houston, and I was shocked and dismayed that they did not know anything. And so I really took that feedback and I thought, you know what, I have to come up with a different way to do this. So I wanted to do it in a way that was fun so that I could almost kind of trick them into learning it, but then ultimately having a good time and create a level of competition because everybody generally loves competition. They want to be the winner. So I turned it into a game over the years. Yeah. Okay, so where do you want to take this business and, and say, like, let's give you a time horizon of, say, the next three years? Oh my gosh. Where I would want to take this business is over time, we have kind of been expanding our offerings. So I started out with just the game and then we've been expanding into workshops and webinars. And now I do a lot more public speaking in the diversity, equity and inclusion space. So in the next three years, I want to be partnering with some of the school boards here in Edmonton where they are utilizing our game as a sought after educational tool that's prepackaged, ready to go. And that supports teachers and educators in providing this kind of education so so that they feel confident in doing so and bringing that more inclusivity to the classroom. And then on top of that, I would love to be a successful public speaker in the space. Okay, so in terms of being an entrepreneur yourself, right, and having this product that you've been developing and fostering over the last decade, and now you're at a place where you're like, okay, I've got the product, now I have to get the market penetration in order to achieve the goals that I want. Along that journey that you've been on, what advice would you give to somebody else who is on a similar journey, not necessarily in the same space, but where they're trying to build a business? What are the skills, what are the you know, mindsets that is needed to get to where you've got? I would say that you have to believe in your product, first and foremost, you really have to believe in what you're doing, but I would also say think about how it is adding to other people's lives, how it's adding to the world as a whole, and then on top of that, find your village. Really important. I was incredibly blessed to grow up with a group of people that knew me intimately well and really created space for me to do this with them on a regular basis and constantly evolve my prototype until I got it to the point that it is today. And then also condition yourself for the reception of feedback. Because, you know, a lot of people will say, well, it's constructive criticism. At the end of the day, feedback is feedback, and it's neutral until you place a meaning on it. You get to decide what you do with that information. And if you're able to take your ego off of the shelf and receive that information, it can be so incredibly powerful for you. Well, thank you so much for stopping by and explaining a little bit about your thank business. Thank you so much. I yeah. appreciate it. And so if somebody were to want to find out more information to connect with you, where do we send them? Oh my gosh, visit us on our website at afrofax.ca. You can also find me on Instagram at afrofax underscore edu. And then you can also find me on LinkedIn at Lila Penda. I am standing here now with what would I would describe as an old friend. We have known each other for a very long time. This is actually every time I've ever had a conversation with Ali and we never have enough conversations. It's been way too long. I am always inspired, and I just have to say that you're one of my favorite people in the marketing world, bar none, because of the way that you approach things, the way that you think about things, and just the conversations that we have. But so Ali and I go back a long time in the sense where Ali has a marketing company as well, Rapid Boost, and you were doing marketing for all sorts of different companies, and then you niche that down. We're going to get into that. But before we do, I want to talk about what's on your shirt here, Latique. So what is Latique, and what is it that you're trying to you know solve in terms of the problems of today's world yeah so um you know lance if you can order pizza in two minutes yeah. you should be able to connect with a lawyer in two minutes right you know okay when you get pulled on the side of the road 
and you need a legal counsel, you need you don't have time. You don't have time to like give someone a call, fill out that form on the website, right? You know, and wait two more days. Yeah. What Lawteague does, it connects with you with a lawyer or gets you the legal advice instantly. Okay, yeah, excellent. And so this is very different than what is typically found in the law industry. And so tell me how it works then. Yeah, absolutely. So typically, right, like, you know, if you go Google lawyer, it will take anywhere from three to five days to get an appointment with a lawyer, right? Okay. So on our platform, you can just go and book an appointment within like few clicks or you can buy fixed price legal services. Now, fixed price legal services is something which is growing really fast. Reason for that is it provides like, you know, client and a lawyer, right, a transparency in terms of what it will cost because the number one reason people don't seek legal help is affordability. Yeah, I mean, you you hear about the fee structure, right? And it's like, well, man, you're getting billed every 15 minutes, and you don't, or you're scared to have meetings with the lawyer and so on because you don't want it to be escalated. You don't want them to be sending emails or you know photocopying even. Like it adds up. So the fixed price it has to be something that's really quite appealing. Absolutely. You know, one of the biggest reasons people were like, you know, I don't really want to talk to my lawyer a lot because the clock is ticking right so fixed price is something that which gives people a certainty right you know okay and also right where we are going with fixed prices a lot of the smaller transactional things like you know you got a traffic ticket fixed price you need to register a patent fixed price so fixed price is giving people a certainty but at the same time it's allowing lawyers right you know okay to, to really systemize their business, right? Yeah, and so this is a marketplace that you've developed. Now, like I mentioned at the start, your background, though, was uh, in marketing. And so how did you find yourself at this place where now you've started this business? So in Rapid Boost, we were consulting a lot of lawyers. What we found that, like, you know, there's a gap in the marketplace. First, that, like, for lawyers hourly rates are not posted a lot of the things were not very transparent in this space right so we found those gaps but what we also found that like you know over time i personally and my team were very passionate about this thing right what one thing we really read was 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 really like you know close to our heart and still today is like you know access to justice right 67 percent canadians are self-representing themselves they don't have a legal counsel and, and that's something we really resonated with, right, you know. Now, worldwide, this ratio, do you know that 87% of the people don't even have any legal representation? 87%. So our goal is to really create this billion-dollar company, a world-leading, like, you know, legal marketplace. And the reason we went on this journey was we felt so attracted by this vision and, like, you know, mission we were on, right, you know, while working in a rapid boost with the lawyers, right. So that led us to this journey, right? So if anybody wanted to connect with you, Ali, want to learn more about LawTeek, how would you want us to do that or where do you want us to send them? Absolutely. So if you need a legal help or you knocked, want to talk to a lawyer, a schedule of all of our lawyers on our platform offer free 15-minute consultation. So you can go to LawTeek.com. How you say boutique? It's LawTeek.com. You can connect me on LinkedIn. My name is Ali Salman. You can just find me and search me and I'll be happy to connect with you. Thank you so much, Ali. I really appreciate all the best as you build this business. Thank you so much. Okay, now I have got a very interesting guest with me here who has popped by to check out this amazing space and also talk to us about his business. Welcome, Sar. Yeah, thank you for having me. 
Okay, so tell me a little bit about your business. What is it called and what is it that you guys are trying to do over there? Absolutely. So we run a multimedia company called uh, C-Tribe. And our whole, whole goal is to find ways to celebrate diversity and to help more underserved and underrepresented innovators and creatives in achieving their goals. Uh, so we operate across uh, various verticals, ranging from the technology sector, fashion, music, gaming, and culturally inspired sectors as well. Very interesting. Okay, so there are a lot of production companies out there that are doing different kinds of events and, and really um, approaching it from a different perspectives now since the you know COVID uh, has hit. And I know you guys are, were operating before, went right through COVID. So what are you doing differently today than what you were doing pre-COVID? What we're doing differently today is that we're really placing an emphasis on the idea around collisions. Right. And finding ways of really servicing the people that we consider to be the diamond of the dust within the community. It may not always have the same opportunities to be uh, to have a platform to demonstrate their own innovation and creativity. Really cool. Now, you have technology as part of those that intersection. So talk to me a little bit about how you infuse technology into the events. Absolutely. So I've been in the technology space uh, for about the last decade, uh, building scaling, failing, burning, uh, selling companies and whatnot. But the challenge that I would always find when I would go to my peers that were much more smarter than I was and trying to convince them and have conversations about why it was important that they learn and get involved within the technology ecosystem is that I would find that it would sometimes go in one year and out the other, right? You start talking about blockchain and artificial intelligence and genome sequencing and all these very complicated terms and stuff. Uh, you know, I find that those kind of conversations may not have always landed the same way versus when you found ways to meet people where they are. Instead of saying that we're hosting a blockchain conference or an AI conference, you know, we'd say that we're hosting a music festival. And uh, within that music festival, there would be opportunities to learn about how technology influences the music ecosystem. And we found that that uh, did a really good job of casting a wider net and bringing people into the conversation around technology and, uh, and, and creativity in a way that maybe hasn't been done before. Yeah, you're talking about creating an opportunity for, for people to feel comfortable and not not to, I mean, it's going to be much more approachable when you frame it in those kinds of terms, right? Okay, so if somebody wanted to connect with you, where should we send them? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm on I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, Sar rhymes with car uh, with a silent H, so S-A-H-R. My last name is Safa. Uh, you know, I think uh, there aren't too many SAR staffers on LinkedIn, so it shouldn't be too difficult to find me. Uh, we're also on social media under our festival, Sea uh, Tribe Festival. Depending on the vertical that you're interested in, we also have Sea uh, Tribe X Tech, Sea Tribe X Music, Sea Tribe X Fashion. Excellent. There you hear it, everybody. There is a lot of excitement that's happening in events, obviously, as everybody's come back and we're wanting to have these great in-person experiences. And I love the collisions that you're trying to create amongst all these different verticals. And so all the best to you. I really appreciate you. you coming by. Appreciate it. Yeah, okay. Okay, my next guest is Sophia. And Sophia, I don't even know what your business is. I was told not to ask any pre-qualifying questions or anything because apparently you have a great story. So tell me a little bit about about what brings you out here today? Well, I'm out here today. I've known Unlimited for a little while now. So right now, currently, I'm the founder of Key Angels, which supports education and housing for youth 18 to 25 through property. However, this all started because I bought my own property when I was 10. I'm 14 now. 
and I was able to get my own funds to buy my own property when, because I started Startup by Sophia before that. I started that around when I was seven, eight years old. I was making products because I wanted to lead by example for other youth that were interested in entrepreneurship and STEM because I was, but none of the youth around me, they didn't see a path. They didn't actually see a future in entrepreneurship, STEM, or innovation. So that's what I did. Um, my biggest sale was 10,000 units, but there were some other ones to local companies and it was a lot of fun. But then I realized that the youth that I wanted to support, they didn't need visibility, they needed resources and access and stability. So that's when I created Key Angels. Okay, okay, I don't know if you guys heard this right, because I'm just going to replay a little bit here. Now I know why I was told not to ask any questions in advance, because this blows my mind. So you started your business when you were 10, and you are only 14 right now. Yes, I'm 14 right now, yes. <laughs> that just blows my mind. Okay, so this business that you have today is about investing in properties then? Yes, so what we do is we're the matchmaking components so that we support youth who have a down payment, who have the grit, the determination, the drive to want to go somewhere, but they don't have the stability or the supports behind them. So we support single parent and zero parent youth. And we connect them with an angel. And the angel has the credentials youth is lacking. So the angel with the credentials connects with the youth and they put their resources towards a fourplex with where the youth lives in one unit and rents out the other units. So then the rental income looks after all their property expenses and then they have $1,000 in profit every month. That includes still paying the, the utilities, the mortgage, all of that. And we encourage them with that $1,000 of profit to chop it in half. So they have 500 for food, so all their basic needs are covered. And then 500 for tuition, so that scholarship component, so that they are able to pursue their professional, their education. Just to make sure that they are out of survival mode and they have stability behind them. Okay, so where did this idea come from? How did you come up with this? Well, like I said, with Startup by Sophia, I ended up making a profit and I didn't know where to put the money because I'm under 18, so there's not a lot of whole, like, very interesting places and I just didn't want to sit on my heels until I was 18 and I could get a job. So what I did is I put it towards a fourplex property and my grampy was the angel for me. He provided the credentials, which I legally couldn't have, and I provided the down payment, about $12,500. And then that was towards a fourplex where we are currently living in one unit and we're renting out the others. And the $1,000, because it was my initiative to actually do it, is my own. And so I have a stable profit essentially going on right now without having to do too much. Okay, so now in terms of these youth that you are getting into the, the program who are, who are going to be the ones investing, so do they need to come in with their own capital or is the angel investor providing all the capital or just most of the capital? How does that work? This is another very key component of why we've also gone towards 18 to 25 besides the fact that this is when they're first starting and we don't want them to make any financial oopsies along the way like we want to support them but they're also students so they have access to scholarships they have access to bursaries grants all those kind of supports so they come on come in with the down payment and if we can we can support them and if the angel wants to because they're coming in trying to pay it forward that's the kind of mindset of the angels is they don't get anything out of this um, so but yes they come on they have that down payment component of this well if somebody wanted to follow what you're doing connect with you for any reason or to become an angel investor what is the best way for them to do that 
I would recommend, uh, so if you want to learn more about me or just kind of see what I'm up to, LinkedIn is the best place, and it's Sophia Fairweather, and Sophia with a PH, and I'll, I have a black and white photo, so you'll be able to find me. Um, but if you want to reach out, if you're interested in being an angel or some more a partner, just actually get involved with me, keyangels.com at gmail.com. Um, nothing fancy. There's no hyphen or whatever between the key and angel like my website. Um, but reach out to me there. Every generation has remarkable people that are going to make remarkable change in our world. And you're going to be one of them. So thank you so much for stopping by and saying hi. Absolutely. And I'm glad that you guys were uh, setting up shop here. Okay, so I am standing next to Kevin from Zipstall. Kevin is somebody who we have had on the show in the past, and so it's great to be able to do a little bit of a check-in and update to see where things are at. So welcome back, Kevin. Thanks very much. Good to see you. So in terms of your business, then, what has changed in the last, let me think, the last time I interviewed you would be a little less than a year ago, I think, around that time. So what has changed? How has the business evolved? Uh, so the team is growing, our uh, market presence is expanding, you'll see more Zipstall signs up everywhere. We're continuing to grow our presence with the uh, City of Edmonton e-park parking. We've got growing portfolio with Impark. so yeah, it's been uh, it's really exciting and we're trying to keep up with it all. Okay, so in terms of the innovation of the product though too, you're also talking about there's going to be something that's going to be coming out a little bit in the very near future, I think, right, in terms of an ability for you to really improve the way that you're communicating to your audience, the users, and so on, which is going to be probably a bit of a game changer for your business. So talk to me about why you thought this was necessary to incorporate and uh, how this is going to really, I, I guess, impact your business. Yeah, we're, we're obviously really excited about it, as you're sort of alluding to. Um, for us, because we do things very differently than all the other parking apps, communicating that to people is really important. So people assume when they're getting a parking app that they know what they're getting, but with us it's like it's a, it's a totally different value proposition. So we have our whole search process, we've got our session starts and stops, we've got the validation network with all the discounts, so it's a totally different user experience. So having people be able to go in and just start a session and not be fully educated on what we do, it's like they don't get the full experience. And we feel like we're selling ourselves short by not educating them on that. So by adding this new, um, this new capability, it gives us the ability to like, educate them on all the great things that we do so that they get the full value from the product. Yeah, and I think this is something that all entrepreneurs really need to take note of because communication, it doesn't really matter what business you're in, communication is such a critical thing. And if you can personalize it based off of the data points that you can collect, I mean, that's the magic of today's modern marketing as well. And that's something that we try to do with our clients is if it becomes something that's personalized, it becomes that much more useful and therefore more valuable or um, when it's you're talking about marketing that they'll actually notice, right? Because they understand, they see the value in what it is that you're trying to communicate. And your business is a direct line into increasing the number of sessions that they're going to have probably and the way you use your app because now you're communicating all of the features. Totally. And it's, yeah, it's a combination of getting them to understand what we do. It's the, um, like, capability-wise, but it's also giving them those opportunities for, you know, discounts at that great local business up the street. It's those types of things where, again, because we're creating a parking marketplace, we bring a lot more value to them. It's now just a matter of, like, communicating those values. 
Yeah, and so in a today's world in which we have downtowns that are, have been carved out um, and evacuated because of the pandemic and the slower, you know, response back where we don't have the people returning to these, these beautiful downtowns, there's so much effort getting put into trying to attract people in. Now, one of the things, and again, this is that no-brainer part in my mind anyway, that is an obstacle that has to be overcome to get people back into downtown is for them to fight through the parking mess. You solve that. So why are the cities not jumping all over this? Um, another great question. Um, of course, for me, it's like, well, we're, you know, we're going to build the best product we possibly can. We're going to solve this problem. We're going to help users get exactly what they want on a silver platter. And we're going to try and be leaders and champions for bringing people back downtown. And we're going to keep fighting that fight as much as it takes for us to do. And when I say downtown, of course, White Avenue, 124th Street, totally included as well. Like, like to, we, to me, we live in cities for a reason. It's so that we can be together socially, economically. There's all these great benefits from it. So somebody has to champion and lead that stuff. So we've taken it upon ourselves to be leaders for that and try and bring people back. But yeah, it winds up being a, a constant struggle to, to make people aware so that they know. And again, the, whole, the fact that there's so many parking apps out there that have treated people so badly for so long, it's like that's the, a part of the battle that we wind up fighting against because people think that they know even though they have no idea, because we're a totally new, um, totally new value proposition. Yeah. Okay, everybody, if you haven't installed, if you're in Edmonton, that is, and you haven't installed, downloaded the Zipstall app, you got to do it. So you can search that on, I'd imagine, all the major app. Yeah. Yeah. Apple, iStore, Android, App Store. You can go to our website. There's links on there. Wherever you want to go, Zipstall. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty easy to find. Pretty easy to say. Pretty easy to download. So get in there, get it done, and talk to, you know, if you have any influence in any of the downtown associations or businesses and so on, definitely get on this because it truly is something that will help us revitalize our city if we can overcome that one hurdle that is there right now, which is parking in downtown. So thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. And that's a wrap, everybody. So two episodes in this multi-episode series from all of these great interviews that we did down at Edmonton Unlimited. I really want to thank them for having us out there to talk to these incredible entrepreneurs so that we can share these stories with you all. I hope you enjoyed them.